The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Today, we conclude a message by Brother John Morgan Owens about Jesus being the great maker and taker. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus made it his purpose to save his people from their sins. And in time, he came and he took on him many things in order to fulfill that purpose. He took on him the form of a servant. He took on him our sins. He took upon him death on the cross. And he fulfilled that purpose that he made before the foundation of the world. I hope you enjoy the conclusion to this message today. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Yeah. 
also Philippians 2, if you'll turn over there, it puts it even uh, more succinctly. Philippians 2, verse 5. I notice this. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this ought to be our model. Okay, This is not just some great and beautiful thing that Jesus did for you. This ought to be our mindset as well. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You realize that Jesus is just as much God as God the Father. He is God Himself in the flesh uh, with us when He came to this world. But made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant. We're talking about the maker and the taker. He made Himself of no reputation and He took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now that is, that is obedience. That is, that is sheer, true, pure obedience. That he would go even to death. Now would you have done that? <laughs> would you have done that even for yourself? Man, I would have chickened out. But Jesus, His love for you is so much greater than you could ever imagine that He would go through with it even unto death for you. He would take the form of a servant. Now Matthew 8, if you'll turn over there with me. Something else that He took. Matthew 8, and we'll look at verse 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. I will confess, jealousy is not a, a, a good thing, but I will confess this, I am jealous of what she experienced and having Jesus himself touch her hand. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see him. And then when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. This is a reference to Isaiah 53. You see, Jesus, people would, would read a passage like that in, in Job and they would say, yeah, God is just a willy-nilly God. He, he, he'll give you something. He'll take it all away. He's so cruel. That is not the God that the Bible teaches to you. This is what we read here is a compassionate and tender Savior who would take away your infirmities. He took our infirmities and, and bear our sicknesses. There's coming a day whether, whether Sister Minnie is delivered from her sicknesses uh, in this life or whether she sees Him first 
Regardless, there is coming a day for all of us where our sicknesses, our tears, our broken hearts, they will all be taken away by Him. Praise God. There's something else that He takes. In Matthew 9, we'll look at verse 18. Matthew 9 and verse 18, we're jumping into the middle of a context, but I don't believe we'll abuse that. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. I can't help but think about this, this poor man. As his child, as his daughter is there lying on her deathbed. I mean, can you, can you feel that? I know many, many of you have experienced losing children. As y'all know, I, I have not had a child yet, but we're expecting. And even already, there is not anything that I wouldn't do for that child, Right? I would, I would beseech the Lord for that child. And so this ruler comes to Jesus and says, Lord, my daughter is on her deathbed. Help me. And as he's going there, behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, which by the way was the same age as that little girl, 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Brother David in his prayer prayed that, oh, that we might just touch the hem of his garment. Just, just to feel just a little bit of his presence. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. Now, one of the other gospels says that a, a servant came to them. And, and in this uh, episode here with this uh, person of the issue of blood, the servant came and said, don't trouble uh, the master anymore. Uh, she's gone. Your daughter has passed. And in that account, Jesus immediately turns to this father and says, Fear not, but believe. And he goes there. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. You see, you see to, to Jesus, the Maker, the God who made this world, death is, is just as, is just, as uh, just like sleep. <laughs> Just like you could wake somebody from sleep, He can wake you from death. It is no thing for Him. Amen. But when the people were put forth, He went in and took her by the hand. And the maid arose. You see, He took this, this young lady by the hand. And as I said, I'm jealous. But look, we've all experienced this. Whether you remember this or not, there was a time as a child of God where Jesus came to you 
as you were dead. As you were dead there on your bed. And He took you by the hand. And He gave you life. Right? That's what happens in the new birth. So many... So many people misunderstand what Jesus teaches about the new birth in John 3 to believe that the new birth is something that you ask for. That you, that you, uh, you know, pray this certain prayer and then that is your, your conversion experience. That's when you were born again. The reality is that Jesus teaches that, that the new birth, before that you're just flesh. There's the spirit and there's the flesh and they're two separate things. You're dead. And then life comes. Does a dead person ask for life? No. A dead person has to have a miracle performed on them by an outside actor, which is only God. And God came into this dear sister here. He took her by the hand and she arose from deadness. That's not a choice that she made. She didn't ask Him and said, Lord, please take my hand and help me. If she, if she could do that, then she would be alive. She wouldn't need that help. Jesus came and took her by the hand. So, He takes on the form of a servant. He takes our infirmities. He takes us by the hand and the new birth. But also, He takes you by the hand and leads you in life. Have you felt Him leading you in decisions that you've had to make? Have you felt a sense of peace in the midst of a storm of life? That is Him holding your hand. He can take you by the hand and lead you through your troubles. The book of John, if you would turn there with me. John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse 29. I'm going to jump right in there. The next day, John seeing Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. <laughs> Praise God. Not only did he take on him the, the form of a servant, not only did he take our infirmities, not only did he take us by the hand, but he took our sins. Praise God. Praise God that He would take my sins and would take them so far away from me that they would never come back. Of course, we know that He did this on the cross. And I, I want to, I want to uh, really dig into this as we close. The last little bit that we'll talk about. I want to dig into two characters here that will give us uh, a really good illustration of Jesus' work and salvation, okay? If you'll go with me to the book of Mark, Mark 15. The first character that we're going to read about is Barabbas, this nasty, dirty, murderer Barabbas. Verse 7 of Matthew 15, or Mark 15, And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? 
for he knew that the chief priests had delivered him for envy. But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. You get what's happening here? <laughs> the people, the mob is crying out that Barabbas, this murderer, be released. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was perfectly sinless, to be crucified instead. And they cried out again, Crucify him! And Pilate said to them, Why, what evil hath he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him! And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. You know, there's an account where, where Pilate washes his hands of this matter so, so as to uh, absolve him of guilt of this righteous man being crucified. Well, i got to tell you, that's not good enough, okay? <laughs> that's not good enough uh, when the whole crowd is out there screaming for something and you give in out of weakness, out of fear, and you just kind of push it off. <laughs> you know, I'm afraid that's what's happening so often in, in society today. There, there are loud voices pushing uh, good people to do things out of fear. Now, just, just because you uh, back away and, and wash your hands of the matter doesn't mean that you shouldn't have stood up for what was right. But they cry out, crucify him. Now, I want you to imagine this. I want you to put on your imagination hats with me, and I want you to imagine that you were the murderer, that you were in prison, and that today is your execution day. And yet, outside, you hear the voices of the multitude crying your name. And as you walk out, you, you get released from prison. There's an exchange, a prisoner exchange, if you will. As you walk out into the daylight again, you see this innocent man who is about to take your place up on the cross. Now, that's what happens here that there is a prisoner exchange, that Jesus, the righteous Lamb of God, goes and is on the cross in place of this wicked man. And that offends our sense of justice, doesn't it? Doesn't that offend you? It offends me. It offends me even worse when I realize that, that I am Barabbas, Amen, that I deserve everything that Jesus got on the cross of the wrath of God. I deserve the fires of hell because of, uh, of my sin nature, but also the choices that I've made in sin. One sin in my life would have, would have been deserving of all of this. You realize that? <laughs> I've done a lot more than one. I don't know about you. I've done a lot more than one. I deserve everything that Jesus uh, experienced on that cross. But yet he took it, and I didn't. You see that? You see that he would take our place on the cross. He took Barabbas' literal place, but he took my place. He took 
the wrath of God for sin that I deserved. It ought to be personal to you, okay? It ought to be personal. I, I don't mean to be arrogant and say in my sin, He took my place. I, I'm saying that to say it is personal to me. When I look to the cross, I don't see a placeholder for a bunch of people. I see my place that He took for me. Do you see that? It ought to be very personal to you. That cross is a, is a symbol of the instrumentalities of the wrath of God being poured out on Him. And it ought to have been me. But yet, the love of God would not abide it. The love and the grace of God demands that Jesus take your place. So He took our place on the cross. The other character I want us to look at in closing is Joseph of Arimathea in Matthew 27. We read that he was a, a member of, uh, of the Sanhedrin, that he was a ruler, that he did not consent with them that, w- that went to crucify Christ. But nonetheless, his opposition was still not allowed, apparently. Apparently, he was a secret follower of Christ. But in Matthew 27 and verse 57, when the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, said he craved the body of Christ. Don't you crave the body of Christ? Man, I crave to lay my head on his breast. I, I crave to see the prints of the nails. And the riven side, I crave that. But also, as a child of God, you crave the body of Christ which is here among us. We are the body of Christ. Don't you crave each other's fellowship? It says that he, in another gospel, said he craved the body of Christ. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb. I'm, I'm sure some of you already have your grave plot, don't you? You already have your grave, grave plot. I, I remember I, I, I made uh, my money as a, as a youngster uh, weed-eating and cutting the cemetery there at Pleasant Ridge. And you, you learn all kinds of things about the people and the names and all that sort of stuff. I remember there were several tombstones, including the tombstone of my grandfather, that was already there before he passed. He already had, He bought his tombstone, and it had his... Birth date, but not his death date, right? Now imagine that Joseph of Arimathea has this tomb. It's this really nice tomb, which, by the way, was a fulfillment of prophecy, (laughs) that Jesus would be numbered among the transgressions, but buried with the rich, right? And he was. And he had picked this tomb out for himself. And he sees Jesus, and he lays Jesus in his own grave. Man, that gives me chills. What a beautiful image. Can you imagine? You got your your grave plot picked out. (laughs) And then your Savior comes down and He is buried in that place. He took on death for you. You get that? (laughs) He took on death for you. Now that grave does not have victory over you. Because your Savior would not only take your place on the cross but He would also take your place in the tomb. 
That is a beautiful, beautiful, loving Savior. I cannot wait to see Him. So He's the maker. He's the taker. He would take on Him the form of a servant. He would take our infirmities. All this He's just stacking on top of Himself. He, he takes our hands in the new birth. He takes our hands in leading us through life. He takes our sin. He takes our place on the cross. He takes our place in the tomb. That is a God that takes care of business, isn't it? Amen. Isn't it not? <laughs> that Jesus, before the foundation of the world, as the great Maker, would come in time and He would take care of business out of His love for you and would he, he would secure your place with Him in glory. Praise God. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see Him in glory and to sit there at His feet together because of His love and praise Him for all eternity. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.